Um, and, and just real quickly before we go, um, what would you say your two like favorite things about like being my brother are? Yes, the response to that question coming up later. Uh, but first, this is Swipe Right Sports, your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock, and welcome to our launch episode. First thing I want to do is just say thank you to family and friends who have been very supportive. Uh, this is something I want to do for a long time, and it's been a lot of like thinking, talking about it, and badgering people for feedback and thoughts on this and that. And also even some products and services uh, being provided along the way as well. So uh, I, I really do appreciate it. I couldn't have brought this to fruition without all of you. So thank you. And now to the business of the day. First up, I'm bringing in Kyle Robert to discuss our favorite plays and hot takes for this week's PGA Championship. Kyle is the editor-in-chief of FakePigSkin.com. He also hosts his own baseball pod, 60 Feet 6 Inches and football pod, Angle of Pursuit. I encourage you to check all of that out and follow him on Twitter, at NotoriousKRO. After that, my brother Michael joins me for the first edition of the Net Worth Game, where we guess what Game of Thrones cast members are worth based on, of course, Google searches. Um, And I get to ask him awkward questions like you heard in the open. So, without further ado, here is Kyle and yours truly on the PGA Championship. Hey, what's up, Kyle? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Bobby. How's it going? Long time no speak. Yes, I know, and we are we're back. We were on your pod uh, last season of football. I embarrassed myself a lot, and then I think what the idea is to do that again here on this one with golf, and it's the PGA Championship this week. Before we get into that, do we want to just give a quick take on your Game of Thrones episode five? That's what episode five. I, uh, I've I, won. I I know there was a lot of either uh, there was a lot of outrage mm-hmm. or uh, there, I think people were generally okay with it. So do you fall in one of those or something else? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm the the earlier, not the latter. I, I like I love I love Game of Thrones, and I'm a person who binge watched it to catch up to be able to watch season eight live, um, and it's been an incredible experience. I feel like I love the. the of the season when everyone else was kind of lukewarm on it and now i'm kind of like eh uh, about the ending and seeing people seem to be a little more optimistic than i am thing i don't get is just like if danny is like able to just just wreck shop with one dragon but when she had two dragons she flew in and the ironborn were able, was able to like take her out and she had to go fly away like i don't i just i, I don't understand dragons versus one dragon um and then but i mean the mad queen stuff i totally saw that come in um and, and all that stuff um what about you are, are you are you pro or con uh this latest episode i i was i was okay with everything because i, I think for te- i've watched this as it's gone along so basically for 10 years i've been waiting yeah. for her to get these dragons back to this castle and you know as you said wreck shop and just kind of go crazy on these people so I know, you know, she obviously uh, took a leap there and went to, you know, the Mad Queen stuff, which I agree. I think yeah. there was a lot of foreshadowing. I don't think that was a big shock. Um, but, um, yeah, I was okay with everything. I, I'm kind of – I don't read the books, so I'm not, like, offended by uh, certain plot uh, departures from that. So, um, 
I'm yeah, I was fine. It was like, hey man, I want to see. I the whole show has been about the power of you know having the dragons. So I finally mm-hmm. wanted to see that demonstrated and displayed. And if that wasn't in there, I mean, if they would have got to this point in the show and not had some explosive, um, you know, destructive scene with these dragons, I think I would have been let down. I've been that's been like what I've been waiting for. So. Um, yeah, I, I was generally okay with it. I, I didn't really understand a lot of, um, the, I, I will say I had a lot of like friends, coworkers, uh, there was, there was a mass outrage. I would say that was more than, um, the norm people saying literally like it's ruining the show. They've ruined the show. I'm like, I don't yeah, know. well, <laughs> people, lo- people love to complain, Bobby. And part of it is too, is yes. I think the people that have read the books and kind of, you know, they're like, oh, it's not the same storyline that George R. R. Martin wrote, so it doesn't count. It's not as good. And like I said, people love to complain. But um, I, I mean, like you said, the Mad, the Mad Queen was to come in, and um, Danny, Danny is so Kevin Durant. It's not even funny. Like no matter what they do, they they want to be considered the best or the top of their game, and they're always put put second fiddle. And they're so they're so, so mad, and she, you know, she's so all these people and creating fake Instagram accounts to, to go after John because she needs to be sitting on the Iron Throne. And, and meanwhile, John is just over here being Steph Curry, just running the show and really de- de- in the, being the magic behind everything. And now they're going to vault him. But um, that that's, I think, my favorite takeaway from season, from episode, what, five? Well, I couldn't, I couldn't put any better. That was a masterful, <laughs> masterful analogy. So uh, let's just get into the PGA Championship. Um First, let's do um, what is what is your take and prediction for Tiger coming into the PGA? See, every, everyone's vaulting Tiger, and what he did Masters was incredible, and I'm so happy for Tiger. And you know, it was such a long road back for him, and obviously a lot of it was self-inflicted. But um, you know, to see him kind of become uh, the, the golfer we we used to we were used to seeing for so long and put on the green jacket was incredible but um, I, I think I think we're getting a little too optimistic about him um, you know the big cat loves his majors loves to to show out for sure uh, but at eleven to one to win the tournament at uh, eleven thousand three hundred on DK uh, yeah. as the most expensive player like I I just I don't know. Like it's going to be cold. It's going to be crappy weather. Uh, this is a guy with a lot of injuries. I I could see things not going swimmingly for Tiger. Um, and obviously he has a shot to win it because he's you know the best to ever uh, swing the sticks. But um, yeah, I'm 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 in full fade Tiger mode kind of across the board. So I think from a DFS standpoint, I'm I'm with you. Um, I, I think the the bat price is a little out of control, and there's no need to to drop that much on one guy. But um, you know, is I, I think at this point, based on what he's done the last three or four majors, where you know he's he's pretty much contending and 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 or winning, um, mm-hmm. I'm expecting that he is going to be in the mix. I don't. I, I think one thing from the Masters that I that we saw that I didn't. Didn't think I would see because I thought he could actually win again after he won the tour championship last year and had a very successful year. Um, so I thought he could win, but I never thought I'd see like the actual robot um, that was just like, you know, no emotion, all focus. And also that effect, that that tiger effect that I don't think I would see with the guys that were playing with him. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that 
they they you can't tell me they weren't a little bit shook. And so if I see that scenario play out again, like say he's in the final three or four groups on Sunday here, which I I kind of anticipate and expect he will be at this point. Um, that same thing's going to play out, right? I mean, they, everyone is going to be cheering for him. Everyone's going to hear his roar. So I, I, I do think I'm very curious and kind of interested to see that scenario play out because if this guy's ever in in the mix in you know in the final groupings on a Sunday, that whole scene's going to be the exact same. So um, I want to see I want to see him in it again, and I also want to see the guys around him. I think guys like Brooks Kepa won't really care about it and can overcome it, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For some of those guys, you can tell, like, if you're just sitting there going, I know no one wants me to win this thing, and they want this guy I'm playing with to win, uh, it does have some kind of effect. So um, it's all entertainment. Yeah, I was gonna say I totally, I totally agree with you. The the big cat effect is definitely there. I mean, so many of these guys grew up watching Tiger and, you know, in awe of what he can be and to be out there with him. It's like going one on one with Jordan or, um, you know, facing a fastball from Pedro Martinez or, you know, these guys you grew up idolizing, just going, trying to. Um, it's a very daunting task for sure. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, no DFS, but I, I still. I think he's going to be right there. Um, and um, so let's let's kind of go on there. Give me, outside of Tiger, maybe the two chalkier guys, uh, whether it be like Kavka, DJ, that you like maybe in terms of uh, gambling odds and or DFS. Yeah, I guess. So, Bobby, for me, uh, I'm, I'm trying to really figure out how I think this course is going to play. Obviously, it's super long. You want somebody who's good off the tee. You want somebody who is going to be comfortable you know, kind of in that to 75 yard range, um, you know, on the approach, put it close to the pin. Um, but, you know, with the winter, with, with the weather and the, with the wetness, are you expecting a big score or do you think nine is five, you know, some of the U.S. open type scores we've seen, even maybe lower than that? Um, do you think we could see those kind of scores or do you think we're going to see a double digits uh, big score, someone, you know, ha- puts up minus 11, minus 12, something like that. I, I think, you know, it, so depending on the conditions, um, yeah. I, I think, I think it'll be anywhere. I think you're going to be seeing maybe seven, maybe eight under, uh, okay. if, if conditions are rough. I, th- I think if conditions are relatively decent, I mean, if there's some rain that that's still okay. Um, and then it can even, it, you know, if there's some rain that can even kind of soften it up and make it a little bit, uh, you know, more, make the greens more receptive and these guys can control their shots heading into greens. It could help in a way. So um, I, I still think, you know, if they're relatively decent, I think you're going to see double digit par for sure. Yeah. So, uh, if, uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of under the premise I'm working. I think it's going to be a big score or something like that. Uh, I, I know, I know his form hasn't been great coming into here, um, but I think this could be a Rory McIlroy re- reemergence to, uh, you know, plays really well for all four rounds looking really good um you know we, we've seen him kind of take tournaments and run away and hide and and dominate for four straight days and like i'm kind of getting that kind of vibe from this tournament um and and i think rory is ready to remind people just how good he can be um and, and if we're going a little deeper um i kind of like john rom at 20 to one he gets a little 
um, nervous. And I think if it's him and Tiger and uh, you know, he's really having to go shot for shot, I, I don't like his chances. Um, but he's a big hitter. He's obviously super skilled. Uh, composure for four straight days. I think he can absolutely win this tournament. Yeah, I uh, definitely agree um, on Rory. And, um, you know, he, he, as far as good statistical fits, um, you know, he's distance wise. And I think the strokes gained T to green is were like mm-hmm. my two main metrics. I think he's, I think, top five in both those, maybe tops in um, driving distance. So he's, he's definitely a great fit here. And I think uh, he'll be in the mix for sure. Um, and I, I, I kind of want to go because of just like a, a little better payoffs. I kind of go a little bit deeper, and I'm very bullish on Tommy Fleetwood, as you probably know. And uh, him at 20 uh, – what is he at right now? He's at 28 to 1 on my book. Yep, 28 to 1 is what I show. So I, I'm, I like Tommy uh, at 28 to 1. It, you know, if I was looking at, like, odds of 30 to 1 and under, that would be where mm-hmm. I'd go. And I also think uh, Justin Rose, kind of where you're at with John Rahm, I think Justin Rose is at 22 or 20, 20 to 1. He yeah. missed the cut at the Masters, and just very uncharacteristic of him. Does not. Um, he's been playing as good as anyone over the last two years. So, I, if I'm looking at that range, I kind of like the a little more payouts like you like with Rom. So I like yeah. Rose and Fleetwood at uh, in, at those little little stronger payouts there. Yeah, I love being contradictory. I love going with, you know, what, okay, this guy just burned everybody. Everyone's going to be off him. I think Justin Rose, especially on DK, is going to be very interesting. I think he can absolutely perform here. Um, and before we before we leave the 30 to 1, I do want to mention my boy X, Xander Shoffley. Um Dude has been straight money. He's going to win a major. Uh, he's made the cut uh, in seven of the eight last majors, um, and he finished top six in four of those tournaments. This is a guy that's ready to compete, a guy that could absolutely win this tournament. And, uh, you know, if you, it, it, I'm with you on Fleetwood and right there at 28 to 1. Throw a couple shekels on both those guys, and, and you'll, I think you'll have uh, two legit contenders come Sunday. Yeah, like Xander's uh, one thing about him is he's always, or at least most part, played really well in all the big events. Like from the very get-go, from yep. his rookie season, he plays well in the big events. Yep. So um, yep. definitely like him at those odds too. Okay, well let's let's move to uh, let's kind of get to mid-tier range, and I think I even like this range almost even more okay. because. Um, you know, just I think the 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 odds, the payouts are, are really nice, and I think mm-hmm. there are. I think there's a couple guys, um, you know, that that are definitely have a shot to win, and um, and that I I think my first one I would go with, and a guy I've written about a lot on the website, um, and and has been like a very consistent DK play to me is my man Patrick Cantlay at 45 to one, and at a DFS price of 8200, which is also my favorite play uh, in DFS at that price. What say you about that? Uh, a great minds think alike. Oh no! Uh, uh, um, <laughs> as Patrick Cantlay. I th- my my concern, Bobby, is that a lot of people love Patrick Cantlay. Um, I when I was doing these notes on Sunday, Patrick Cantlay was fifty to one on my book. T- 
to win. Now he's 40 to one. Um, he's super affordable on DK. He's easy to get in. You know, whether you play stars and scrubs, whether you play kind of a solid across the board lineup. Um, obviously, that doesn't mean he can't win. Um, mm-hmm. But my con, you know, you know, my contrarian nature says might be a guy to fade. Mm-hmm. But Patrick Cantlay is an amazing golfer. Um, I think makes a ton of sense. And like you said, at at forty to one to win the tournament at you know, 8,200 on DK. I think he makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And I think one thing I want to add about him, you know, people might not know a little bit. He's, there's a lot of pedigree here with him. He was the former number one amateur in the world. So he, he kind of had a, his career, early career derailed by injuries and some personal stuff. And he's gotten through all that. And now he's kind of where everyone thought he would end up getting anyway. So it's not like uh, the, the talent and the abilities always been there so yep. i think he's the type of guy who will i think you know like you talked about with xander i think this guy's going to win at least one major at some point um yeah totally agree who who are you looking at otherwise in the middle range uh so we're trying to stay what between like 30 and 60 or maybe 60 75 sure yeah okay uh patrick reed 70 to 1 um feels like free money uh <laughs> this is a guy this is a guy that won at beth page black in 2016 uh, may not be playing his, you know, his best golf at, at the moment, but can absolutely put it together. Has won a green jacket. Um, I, I just I, comfort with the course, the ability to win in the brightest spot. He, outstanding price tag i mean this is 70 to 1 um it's going to be hard for me not to throw at least a few shekels down on on old patty uh come come thursday yeah, uh, you know, you can't argue with the odds there. I mean, you, you, like you said, you know, master champion, uh, he, you know he has it in him. Uh, so if you're looking in that range, uh, that's definitely a guy that makes sense, I, I, I think. Um, I, don't, I know everyone hates his guts for some reason. I'm not sure why. I mean, I know he's maybe the most likable guy in the world, but, uh, you know, he's just a golfer. Uh, it's, it's okay. Yep. It's, it's kind of yep. like the game of it's kind of like Game of Thrones. It's like, I don't think we need to be offended by uh, Patrick Reed. Yep. So, yep. Um, so – I, is is there before we kind of get to longer, deeper sure. shots? Is there anyone else you like in that range? We have um, we have to talk about Sergio. Sergio Garcia uh, has has finished and this has played this course three times in in, in major tournaments, um, and has finished top ten in all three. Okay. Uh, um, you look at the betting market; it, it is responding to that. Uh, he was 50 to one. Now he's all the way up to 40 to one. Um, but on, uh, I think for for in terms of you know actual like getting wagers down, I don't know that I'm going to go there. Um, he's definitely very interesting, but I kind of like some a little bit long, uh, shots. But in terms of DK at 7900, um, it, it's going to be very very hard for me to leave him out of any lineup. Yeah, I uh, I, I mentioned him in uh, the write up this week too, just talking about a little bit about. He's someone who this last, I think, five majors has missed the cut. Um, and so I, I thought people might kind of look at that and go, eh, maybe, maybe be a little lukewarm on him and, and kind of stay away. Um, but to your to your uh, point, you know, winning at Beth Page and having that track record. And also, he's starting to show a little bit of signs of uh, getting his game into form. So I, I, I thought it might be a guy who could be the right time to invest this week. In Sergio, especially for DK purposes, noting that price you mentioned, I think 7900 for DK. Yeah, um, yeah, totally and, agree. And before we leave like the middle tier range, I, 
I will say, in more like the Patrick Cantley range, I like Matsuyama forty-five mm-hmm. to one. That yes, sir. that seems like that he's like a guy. So he's one of those guys, ultra talented, has the game. He he has he can hit it long, has the great tee to green game, all that stuff. He's mostly like the, the putter is kind of the bane of his existence, like a lot of these guys. But um, he's kind of one hot putter away from from you know taking down a major here. And you know he's he's a guy who's going to get one as well at some point. So. I, I do like it, 45 to one uh, Matsuyama for the middle tier ranges, and and also he's someone DK 8500. He's going to be in a lot of lines for me. Yeah, um, and speaking of, you know, we were we've been talking some potential bounce back guys. We talked Justin Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, what do you think about Paul Casey? This is a guy that tore. Super consistent, always does really well. You know, is relatively affordable, easy to fit into lineups, um, and was just a mess at the Masters. Um, now a lot of people are coming back. Maybe they didn't play. You know, some of the You know, do you think he's worth jumping back in on? Um, at you know what what it'll take to to you know he's at fifty to one. To the tournament, he's eighty three hundred on DK. Do you, you know, is he someone that's any interest to you? Well, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they don't call him Mister Thursday for nothing. Um, no, you know, I think he he takes a lot of grief for uh, kind of playing really well earlier in the week and then just kind of flaming out. Which I don't know if he deserves that because he's has won. Uh, he won last year. I think he he did he win this year already as well. Um, maybe once, but I finished really high in a tournament. But yeah, missed the cut at the Masters. I think one thing about him that I like, I think the I think the most important stat, if you're looking at it from like a, a statistical fit, uh, tee to green. He's a great tee to green guy. Um, but one thing mm-hmm. he kind of uh, is a little lacking in is driving distance. He is not uh, a big hitter off the tee as much as these other guys. So right. I think it's going to be really important for him to, you know, j- just to, you know, hitting his longer woods, his longer irons. Um, and I just – because of that distance thing, I don't know that I'm all that uh, high on him. But you know, he, he's uh, I I I'd look elsewhere for me. I'm looking yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. And, and, no, if you're looking for a little safety and you're taking some upside shots, um, I, I think he makes sense. But yeah, I think definitely like if I was building a GPP lineup where I thought maybe the score would be closer to three, four, five than it would be to double digits. Uh, he would be one of my favorite targets um, in, in terms of building something like that, that he could be, you know, safe, get around uh, enough distance to kind of move. But, you know, but at that kind of middle range iron. Uh, but yeah, I think if if we're shooting for big numbers, Paul Casey in terms of winning the tournament, I, I don't know that I see it. So if if you're talking about winning, um, because mm-hmm. I think we're getting to this range now where guys are, you know, they're 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 high, they're up, they're down, they're inconsistent, they can finish high, they can flame out, whatever. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. lefty, lefty at 71, right? I mean, like that's a yeah. guy who's basically been bipolar this year. Um, so I. I, I I'd love to see him in it. So he's like a, kind of a fun play. Uh, if you you know if you're throwing something out there, I would love to throw something on him at 71 and a DK. I think he's 8,000. So um, what do you th- you have any thoughts on Lefty there? You just kind of void him going now. Nah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm going Patrick Reed over Lefty all, all day long. I can okay. save on I can save on DK and he's the same odds uh, to win the tournament. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't trust. I, I don't. Like you said, he's been up and down. Um, like, could he win it? Sure, but 
but I, he's not, he's not going to be in my core players. He's not going to be a guy that I expect to, uh, to win the whole thing come Sunday. Yeah. A little, little scary, a little fun, a little scary. So, um, and speaking of scary, we can go now to the big long shots here. And Mm -hmm. like, who are some guys, if you're just kind of going to sprinkle just, you know, little, little few units on just to have a little fun, throw something out there. What are some guys you're looking at? Uh, I'll give you JB Holmes at 200 to one. Uh, this is a guy who, this is a guy who, you know, if you're looking for a comparison, uh, to, to this course, um, there's a lot of comps to, uh, Riviera, uh, in, in the, the course that they played in LA, uh, and JB won that back in February. Um, this is a guy that when he plays well, when everything's going can absolutely win a major, um, unfortunately everything's not always going for him. So that's why he's 200 to one. Um, and he's only like 6,000 something. If you're looking for a cheap option that has a ton of upside, uh, I think he makes a lot of sense. Um, a little bit short of a price. I like Cam Smith. Uh, I think he has the distance off the tee. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, those long irons and, and obviously his putting, Will be clutch for him to uh, actually be able to win this thing, but 125 to one, um, you know, I don't hate throwing, you know, a few ch- a few shekels uh, to mm-hmm. see if we can if we can pull something out. Is there a name or two that that pops off the page for you? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at just guys who can just bomb it and mm-hmm. and maybe keep it uh, keep it in the fairways and you know combine that precision and power. I think Luke List at 250 to one makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, he hasn't won on the PGA Tour, but he's kind of been he's been close numerous times, and um, he's a guy who can pile up birdies, and he, he has he at least has the requisite power. Uh, if he keeps it in the fairways, uh, he could be in the mix or you know, be in the mix, and I think is a, a decent DFS play. I think he's he's 6800 on DK. So if you want to throw that out there. Um, so I like I like lists there if you're looking to serve for a straight power play in that range. Um, another guy I like who's kind of quietly been uh, ascending on the European tour, who I talked about in the write-up is Julian Suri, um, and he's at 200 to one. His best finish in a major. He's just played in three, but it was last year's PGA. He tied for 18, yep. and um, he's also a guy. He he can he can bomb it. He has the power. So. Um, and, and also has a, a nice strokes gain total metric on the European tour. So I think he has the game, he has the power, and it's just kind of a you know matter of time before he starts to get in the mix in some of these bigger events um, the more he plays in them. So 201, and he's one of my favorite DFS long shots at 6,400. Yeah, no, Julian Surrey is a really good, really good golfer, and he's actually an American. So, you know, he's yes, got yes. A, lot, a lot of comfort being over here. Um, he just – he's – European tour to kind of get that consistent play. But yeah, I like guys that are in that range um, that, especially for DK that have the, that have, you know, experience over here stateside. Um, and obviously he has some of that uh, at Ian at two. And like, I mean, I throw five bucks on it and see what happens. Um, I, I don't think, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, Oh my God, he comes out of nowhere and he's competing on Sunday. Uh, another guy that's kind of in that ballpark for me is Siwoo Kim. Um, he, he's the guy that they all, always 
fine going to you know do my do my little uh my i do different things for golf for the for the majors where i pick some golfers out of each range or you know i'm making my dk lineups he's always the guy that i'm attracted to uh and and you know price wise you know fits in my lineups has the upside shouldn't murder your dk lineups um and, and over you know if you're looking at him winning the tournament 150 to 1 uh i i don't hate a few bucks thrown there either yeah, he's he's like uh he's kind of like um I, I don't know like a, a a worse version of Phil Mickelson. Like he has he he's like he's so up and down, but he his the the ceiling is there for him. He could he's someone who could actually like I think he he's won the players before. Um, yep. He's he's competed well in big events. He just he's he's so he can be so hit or miss. So but when he's hit, he's hit. So yeah, I think if you're looking at long odds, um he he's he's a good call there. Um. I might I might uh, look elsewhere for long shots and DK um, like two old guys, Kyle. Two. You like old guys, huh? I love old men, um, <laughs> old white men who swing sticks. Uh, that sounds really weird. Um, so let's just say Jim Furyk, okay? Yeah. Two hundred to one. Now look, is do I think he's going to win? Uh, no, um, but I think more more so maybe for DK purposes because what you're doing in DK, right? You just you want your guys to get to the weekend. So mm-hmm. if you want to just – if you, you're kind of throwing someone out there, just, hey, get you to the weekend, keep accumulating points for your lineup, looking for cheap guys. I don't mind fear because uh, his, his – actually, his stats play out really well this year. He's playing he's playing like some of his best golf he has in years. He he competed at the players, which is not a super long course, but it's definitely challenging tee to green, and he was uh, great there. And is, so – I think he has really good form, and he's used to anyway having a distance disadvantage, and he knows yeah. how to play with. He knows how to play with that, and kind of in those same, uh, kind of along those same lines, Steve Stricker, um, mm. the Savage, um, mm. three hundred to one. Kyle, all I'm going to say is thirty straight major cuts made. That's it. Yeah, that's all. He, he, he that's has. You're looking. He has the record right now on tour. I'm probably going to ruin it for him by mentioning it, but. 30 straight major cuts made, and he's yeah. he, last one was uh, last year at the U.S. Open. He tied for 20. I mean, he just does what he does. Yep. Uh, I, I'm probably going to avoid those guys just because I worry about the distance off the tee. But uh, as you mentioned, these are guys that if you're looking for, you know, and you're doing cash lineups and you want guys to finish and we want guys to, uh, you know, make the weekend and, and be, you know, top 20, top 30 consideration do that um and make a ton of sense um i did want to throw out a little little note there bobby uh avoid keith mitchell uh you know we were talking we've been talking about guys that that are getting a lot of buzz and mitchell's definitely mitchell's definitely definitely a guy that if you look at his potential could absolutely you know i think he will be one of the guys that kind of is ready to make a, a leap and and become um you know a more of a household name um in the heading into next year but uh this is a guy who on poa greens just completely collapses um he, he can't put on it. it it's the putting surface um that it, i don't know if it's in his head or what the deal is um when he plays on bermuda it's six to seven cuts it's four top tens um but when he's on poa he uh can't make the cut and you know me saying 
solid finish in the top 10. Uh, but if I were you, uh, I would suggest, especially if you're more of a GPP focused, uh, I would look at Keith Mitchell and scratch him off and not use him for any of your GPP content. I don't. I don't think I can endorse that. I feel like. I feel like Keith Mitchell's like a, a son to me. Uh, the way he's played this year and competed for some of my DFS lineups. So, uh, no. I, I. I. The one thing I do like about him, and you talk about, is that he just has the requisite power, right? He has. He has the power to to play this course, and he's he's played well tee to green uh, this year. So, um, I uh, no, I love Keith, and don't ever say that about him again. Um, <laughs> and, and that, but because of that amazing. Um, uh, grass uh, putting green uh, statistic you gave. Uh, that's yeah. that's impressive. I, I I have to respect that. That's what I'm here for, Bobby. Here for the for for the for the Nuggets for sure. For that hard hit analysis, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I think have we covered have we covered everything? Do you have anything yeah, else? Yeah, I I, I th- think that it i don't know if there's anybody else that i wanted to make sure we mentioned i think we hit on the big dogs i think we hit on um some of the later round guys i mean we we both got uh, um bets off do you have a best bet do you have a guy that if you're picking somebody to win the tournament uh who who's that name for you who who stands out above the rest if you're if you can go to vegas you get a hundred bucks and you can make one bet who who are you uh dropping that cold, cold hard cash on tommy Oh, Tommy boy. I like wow. that. I, I think uh, I th- think that definitely has... You know, uh, we didn't mention this guy, and I, I do want to hit him on, on the way out. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau um, yeah. obviously collapsed in the Masters, and but was in the lead, you know, near the top of the leaderboard early in the tournament. Has all of the skills to, to become uh, a major winner, to be a guy that is really competitive come Sunday and you know at 35 to one at a guy that's probably going to get avoided in DK just because of kind of where he's sitting um, among other you know other golfers Jason Day's only a hundred dollars more Xander's only two hundred dollars more Finau who I think yeah, everybody's yeah. going to be on is a hundred dollars less all right well that is that for the first segment on swipe right sports uh, without going into too much detail, there was an issue with the audio file, and it uh, might have been a good thing anyway. It was kind of a shaky connection, so we'll improve on that in the future. Um, but I think you get the gist of it. Kyle likes Bryson DeChambeau. I went on to agree. Really, the next like you know 45 minutes, we just kind of went into politics and then debated you know, which religions were better and why. So um, with that, uh, we're just going to move on to the net worth game with my big brother, Michael. We are here at uh, my humble abode, and uh, my brother is here, and we are going to play the net worth game. I talked about this on the trailer, but just in case you didn't have a chance to listen, I just wanted to reiterate a little bit. My brother has a uh, propensity and a passion for looking up uh, people's net worth just by random Google searches. So for whatever he's watching, he could be watching a movie, a television show, and he just likes to kind of... uh, 
randomly look up this. It's kind of just a, a, a fascination for him. So what, why don't you talk about that a little bit, Michael? Do you enjoy it? Uh, yeah, I don't know what, why I uh, started doing that, but I find it fascinating uh, to, you know, I'll be, I'll be watching, like, for instance, uh, right now there's a movie called Get Over It On, and uh, there's so many people in it. It's so dumb, but Cisco's in it. And I was like, God, what's Cisco worth? And I don't know why that's always fascinated me, but I think about his career and, uh, you know, what is he stashed away or what's he worth or what did he, you know, blow his money on? And so I just looked him up. Uh, do you have any guesses on what Cisco, his net worth is? I, I would, I tend to go high and I would say like, you know, I, I remember he was, uh, he took over the world for like maybe uh, thir- something. For like 14 months, maybe took over the world. Yeah, it's huge. And so I'm like, you know, is this guy just like a gazillionaire? But yeah, I, I would say maybe like 15, 20 million, maybe. I thought he might be, has blown all his money. Uh, I said $1 million. I just looked it up. Cisco, net worth? Yes. $6 million. $6 million. Okay. You know, I see, to me, I'm like, this guy was so popular. He had like, I think he had at least two like giant albums. He's in this stupid movie. In case people don't. I can, this slipped through the cracks for me, this movie. Uh, it's that like, I, it's, I don't know, it's called Get Over It. It's uh-huh. kind of a cross between uh, kind of Can't Hardly Wait and um, American Pie. And it came out right around the same time. It's like from 2001. There's so many people in this. Uh, ben Foster, Zoe Saldana, Colin Hanks. I just turned it on this morning. I was like, what is this? So it's, uh, it's pretty bad. But anyway, yeah, that... But that is kind of a, an example of, of kind of what you might do if you're just kind of hanging out. And so when we're at home sometimes and we'll be together, we just kind of start playing this game and it kind of creates some, uh, generates some interesting conversations. So we thought we would form into a game. And what we're going to do today to introduce this game is uh, we're going to do a Game of Thrones theme for the finale, which is this Sunday. And we're recording this uh, on the Sunday right before episode five. So the second to last episode. Correct. And um, what we're going to do is I am going to pick an actor. We're going to take turns. I'm going to pick one member of the cast. And then uh, the other person will have to guess what that, uh, what that net worth will be. Correct. And then we will reveal the result one by one. It's been collected by a third party. And we're going to each pick three, go back and forth. And the person with the closest net cumulative score at the end wins. It's kind of similar to Adam Carolla's uh, Rotten Tomatoes game, if you're familiar. So Yeah. Yes, it is. So that is what we'll be doing. And, um, yeah, we will start now. And I will go first, correct? Yeah, yeah. You, you start, we flip the coin, and you get the first pick to throw to me. And uh, I'll see... If I know anything about people's net worth. And, you know, it's going to be hard because I don't know if these people have done anything before at the Game of Thrones. Some have, some haven't. So I don't, I don't really have any sort of um, basis of, of my guess. But I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look up their, their catalog as sure. we're going. And, uh, and we'll just kind of play it like that. Okay. Um, yeah, and I will start it off with... Um I'm going to start off with the big guy. Just go Jon Snow. Ooh. Kit. Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington. The, the okay. extra small Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington. Let's see. He, he's done 15, 15 uh, you know, paid gigs as far as movies and shows. Okay. Do you, um, think, do you think that's like a pretty big barometer to kind of weigh your 
Yeah, I mean, he's got to get paid, you know, depending on how, how big of the things are. I mean, I don't know anything he's done. I know he did a HBO show called Gunpowder. It's a it's a miniseries that... I remember. I did not watch, but I remember it coming up. I don't know anything about it. I'm sure it's awful. Um, all right, Kit Harrington. if I had to guess, um, I'm going to say he's worth $20 million. Okay. Net worth. $20 million. And I, I, I don't know what to think about all these people because I don't – I mean, you're, you're kind of more the uh, – you practice this exercise a lot That more. might be high, but, but okay. I, I guess I got to stick with it. I, I, I tend to go high. I think that's like maybe low, but you you're, tend to be the uh, – you do this exercise more. So, okay, I will reveal. And, uh, again, I'm going to kind of take these uh, – reveal these one at a time. They were collected by a third party, so uh, we'll take them now. And Jon Snow is $12 million. He's worth twelve million dollars. Twelve okay. million, according to Google. So. Okay, all right. So that tells me. Okay, what does that tell me? It's like you know, I mean, he he has a little bit of a career on the side, but not much of one. So, okay, and he's only on fifteen things. So twelve million dollars, I think. And I, I I would assume, having no kind of reference for a lot of this, I would assume is is this show kind of goes into like syndication and is sold off. Like these people are just gonna. Um, you know, it's going to be like Scrooge McDuck for most of these people, but I, I guess I don't really know. But Should that would be. be my that would be my assumption. So right now, maybe the, the numbers are, are a little bit lower. Future will tell. You know. Um, okay. All right. So I got to give. Uh, all right. I'm going to throw you uh, Peter Dinklage. Okay. Tyrion. Dinklage. Um, see, and he's been around. He has been around, and he I would say arguably maybe one of the most established, maybe the most established person coming into this. Uh, show. Um, I know he. I think he won a Golden Globe. I don't know if it was an Oscar for the Station Nation. That was like his big coming out party. Um, and then he's you know had pretty consistent work. How, how many credits were we working with here? He has done eighty one. See eighty one gigs. So that's TV and movies. He's done eighty one things under under his belt, according to IMDb. That's, that's a lot more than Snow, who had fifteen. Yeah. See, that's. See, and I, I don't know. He's 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 been pretty successful and, and consistently, um, you know, out there since but I think stage. What's his net worth? Bobby? I okay. So I'm gonna see. I'm gonna go probably higher. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna go. It's probably ridiculous. I'm gonna go sixty-five million. Sixty-five million <laughs> yeah, for Peter Dinklage. Sixty-five. So. It could be. Okay. Okay. So okay, I, I'm, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal reveal Dinklage. I think, and, I think uh, it's a little high. What is it? So Peter Dinklage is uh, is fifteen million. Fifteen so. million. Fifteen. So. Jesus, what he's, has he gotten paid with eighty one things? He's three higher than Jon Snow, apparently, according to Google. So, wow, and he's on eighty one things. Okay, all right. So, so his his agent sucks. Got it. <laughs> I, I don't know. This is that. This is that's that's kind of that surprised me. I thought it'd be I thought it'd be higher than. But Earth. he wasn't shit, you know, until Game of Thrones launched, right? I mean, like he really wasn't. Well, give me a quick, give me a quick. Um, what 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 are the more notable things before Game of Thrones? I, I mean, I know the station, which is before a movie. Before of Game of Thrones. I know station is a movie, I believe, and then and that was his like you know big like on the scene. Who is this guy? Uh, and sure. then he was in uh, X Men Days. Of future past, that's true. Yeah, oh yeah. But so that was X- all after Game of Thrones. He got these little yeah. parts. X Men money. He doesn't have X Men money. Not really. Not like Wolverine or anything like that. Right. Yeah, no. It, you know, uh, he just hasn't done 
like okay. one episode of this, three episodes of that, you know. Okay, so, all right, he, so he was an elf. So okay, so so far I'm awful. Um, and then I'm gonna okay, so let's just I'm gonna give you your second guy. Okay, who do and, you got? And I'm gonna give you Theon Greyjoy. Theon Greyjoy. R.I.P. Oh R.I.P. He's uh well, a little spoiler there. Sorry. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That he had a he had he had a good death. That sure, was, that was good. Sure. Uh, he got the sign off, name, sign off from Bran. His real name is Elfie Allen. Yes, um, and I know he was in. He's had some stuff. He was in the Predator, and uh, and you told me he was the one in John Wick. Yes. He killed the fucking dog. He, if I, yeah, if I recall correctly, he was like the little shithead son who uh, wow. pretty much put came put John Wick out of retirement. Came, you know, killed the dog, and that wow. was that caused John Wick. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize that. Like he, he god damn it, the okay. shithead son of the dad who is in the original Dragon Tattoo, the Swedish version, of Michael Bloomquist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm that, actually reading those books right now. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that that is uh, I, so he's been around, and I think how many credits? Uh, thirty-seven paid gigs as an actor. Okay, so I mean, and we had John Snow with like seventeen. So I'm thinking. Yeah. So okay. So, and I don't know if if these people got like you know as far as when they signed their Game of Thrones contracts or whatever happened if they just got paid at the beginning you know for for eight seasons or if you know. Once it picked up uh, popularity, if they renegotiated their contracts, I don't know. Sure. Um, so if and I'm basing okay, if Jon Snow's worth twelve million dollars, I have to say that Theon Greyjoy, Elfie Allen, has got to be worth ten. But I'm gonna guess because he's done some more more stuff. John Wick, The Predator, little little roles. But I I'm just gonna, watched The Predator and I don't even remember him being in it. So I think he was one of the. I think he was one of the people like that was uh, the the mentally uh, mental health guy. Ah, uh, yes. You know what I mean? Like. No, I do recall. Yes. Um, all right, I'm gonna say 17 million for Alan Elfie. Okay. Um, or Elfie Allen. Elfie Allen, and according to Google. Come on, what the, do you got? The results are. Four million dollars. Four million. Okay. Four. Okay. So, Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> so obviously, I I, I got to think Jon Snow then Kit Harrington got paid double at least initially what yeah. what Theon got paid just for Game of Thrones. I have to think that then. Okay. And you maybe know? maybe maybe Theon just or, or Alfie, uh, maybe he's just like blowing money and he has a gambling problem or something. Because that could be true. He I has a lot of credits. That's true. He's a lot of credits. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah, maybe he's got a gambling problem. Yeah, I mean it's 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 fair. Uh, I you know I yeah that's that's I would think he would be a little bit more. He has been around so huh? Yeah, maybe maybe he took uh, he took Houston on on Friday night and, and yeah. his his net worth was updated. Uh, yeah. As of as of yesterday, so who knows? Okay, so uh, okay, so yeah, that uh, so. It's, He's four, and now why don't you give me uh, my next? Victim. All right, I'm gonna throw uh, Sansa Stark, Sophie Turner. Okay, so obviously, yeah, I don't think a whole. She, she's been in a few like Jean movies Grey. on the side, like during this whole run, and uh, um, she also so she's young Jean Grey. Yes, and I feel like like my thought is always when they, people get these like 
you know, they get their hands in these franchises. It's like, okay, the faucet's on now. Well, and I'm she's like, got dark feet. I mean, she is dark Phoenix. She's got the leading role in an X-Men movie. Right. Like so right I'm there. I'm like, what, okay, what's, what's she getting for that? Like $10 million. Like I'm like, all right. You right. Know. See, I, I don't know. Okay. I, you know, I don't, I don't she's know done either. 14 paid gigs in Hollywood. Okay. For, for according, and this is all according to IMDb pretty much, right? Well, yeah. Okay. So oh, the yeah. 14, okay. So I trust it. But I, I'm putting a lot of stock in it, maybe, probably too much stock in this X-Men thing, but uh, I'm probably going to go high again. I'm going to say $30 million. $30 million For Sophie Turner. Yeah, yeah, and she's, uh, she's married a Jonas brother. Um, okay, well, that, are, we, are we counting that? No, we're not okay. counting that. Exclu- we're talking about just what, just what she's made in her career. Okay, so we're excluding the Jonas money. And then, okay, so according to... Google. What do you got? Um, minus Jonas Brother money. Tough. We got about five million. Get the fuck out of here. Five million for census. So, <laughs> um, so I'm terrible. Uh, I, this is uh, this is not. Going I would well. think higher than that too. I I keep basing it off of our our first one was Kit Harrington. He's worth twelve. Twelve. Yeah. And he's done nothing really but Game of Thrones. Yeah. Sophie Turner, you know. She's got X Men, you know, kind of franchise money, but apparently not hasn't kicked in yet. Maybe um, yeah. These 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 Game of Thrones, they they had to get paid right off the jump. Kit Harrington has a has a great financial advisor who has like you know all it's these true. all these great portfolio. Where yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. If you just based on credits versus you know dollars, um, based on Google. Um. So, okay. What's what, four million dollars? Five. Five million dollars for Sophie five, Turner. Five for so- Sophie, according well, to Google. Now she's got Jonas money, so. Okay. So I'm going to give you her. your last person. We're going to do um, we're gonna do the Mother of Dragons for you. Oh. We're doing, uh, what's her name? Amila Clark? Amila Clark, who's just at, uh, who, who got the knee bended to her by the Houston Rockets mascot. Oh, yeah. Uh, and On that game yeah. the other night. That was, that was kind of funny. But I also thought, like, I was watching that and I thought like, I think it's cute now and it's fun, but I feel like all these people like down the road, are, like in 20 years, are like, God, fuck this show. Everyone just keeps coming to me and bending the knee and it's just going to be like, oh my God, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to like that. I think, I think when she goes brunette, maybe she can uh, hide from the, the Danny persona. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, she's going to stay brunette. I, I think I like her as a, as a blonde. I think she's hotter as a blonde, but you know, I guess whatever. I'm fine either way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, <laughs> I guess it's good. Uh, let's see. She's done uh, 17, no, 20, 20 titles in her okay. career. She was, oh, she was in Solo, a Star Wars story. I kind of boycotted those. I've never seen it. I don't think I, I will. I boycotted the in-between ones. And maybe for the... I might have boycotted all of them. She was Sarah rest. Connor in Terminator Genesis. I recall that a little bit. I don't know how big of a role that is, but... Okay. I didn't see it, but I... Re- all I right, know. Sophie Turner. If Kit Harrington is worth $12 million, and he's only done one other little HBO dumb thing, and I'm thinking that... That he's been he's been paid high for Game of Thrones. She's got to be paid real high for Game of Thrones. So I'm gonna go. I think so. <clears throat> with Star Wars money and Terminator money and Game of Thrones, I'm gonna say Daenerys is worth net worth of twenty eight million dollars. Okay. According to Google, 
God. The Mother of Dragons, Daenerys Stormborn, close. Breaker of Chains, 13 million. 13? 13. So she's what the fuck is going one, on? So she's one above Jon Snow. All what? right. What's going on? I don't know. Uh, yeah, these people that are just like really just known for that, like just kind of almost like starting out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I guess, you know, they're just working, working actors and actresses and they're just trying to break into that, you know, uh, Reese Witherspoon money. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, and still, th- those still are, are much better uh, results than I've gotten my first two. So I got, I, I'm, I got a long road here. So. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, um, Peter Baelish, uh, little finger, little finger, little finger, uh, who we love, who we love. Uh, what's his, his real name is Aiden Gillian, Aiden Gillian. Yeah. Um, and and uh, we we love him from uh, the Wire, Tommy as, Carcetti as Tommy Carcetti. So uh, you know, and he's been around Peaky Blinders. You know, he's got a little thing in there. God yeah. damn it! What's he, his name in Peaky Blinders? Is like Alabama Alabama Gold. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's awesome. It is That's awesome. a great name. And if if anyone, I think uh, we'd both highly recommend that show. Um, Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders is great. It's fantastic. Yeah, they should be coming back with uh, I think season five. Um, I, it's already been filmed, but you know I'm 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 hoping that you know Netflix gets it soon. I think it's this summer, but uh, that's just based on Google and um, and I love the six one hour episode seasons. Just yeah, you can just kind of knock it out. Yeah, keep yeah. keep it keep it short because other you know otherwise you just get like you know. You get all this like writing, and you don't know. You know, it, it just gets a little bit too soap opera for. It keeps me. moving. You keep it tight. It keeps moving. Yeah. So speaking of keeping moving, he has done eighty six things in Hollywood. See, he's been around, and that is kind of like I know he had his like I think little breakout was a, a BBC show, Queer as Folk, when he was like younger, and uh, mm. you know he's he's just you know got a lot of things in syndication. I'm thinking like this guy. Again, I'm probably going like way too high with these people, but I think he's just been around. He's been working for long. Like you said, I think 81 credits. 86. Okay, 86. So I'm like, okay. I, you got it. I could be, um, again, I'm probably. What say you? Terrible. I don't know. 45 million. 45 million for him. All right. I, I, I still think it's high. Okay. I still think it's high. Mm-hmm. Um, but how high is it? Bobby? According to Google. Okay. According to Google, it is four million. Four million. <laughs> four million for Peter. Baelish. Four million. God, he's, he's been around forever. How is how is he that like like he's he's low? He's the same as Theon apparently. That's to be the same as Theon. So. Is it Agent yet? Yeah, does he have a gambling problem? So you know, what's what? Where are the skeletons in his in? In his closet. Um, oh, you know, so I'm doing a little search here, a little quick search, and apparently he has, um, he has, I think, a few kids and a couple divorces. Oh, so, there it is. So that that yeah that I think that could have there it is chewed up a lot of wire money and uh, you know maybe maybe some maybe some Game of Thrones money I don't know but oh may, no maybe we gotta start a new like column uh, an Excel sheet and factor in divorces for people I think that. Well, it, credits. God. So next time, credits and divorces uh, for guys. God, <laughs> Man, God, so that that is a that is another uh, awful guess by me, and that would bring so money. the final tally. Oh yeah, what do we got? So so you this. have a total net difference of thirty six compared to my one hundred and sixteen. 
you are the clear winner for hey, this round. Hey, hey, all right. Which, you know, you are you are the, you know, this is this is your thing. So, um congratulations. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, no, thanks for doing this. Thanks for uh coming on and being part of this. I think we can uh do this again, refine it and improve it and sure. make it make it uh some new themes. So, sure. Sure. It was it was it was on on uh I'm brand here with uh, Game of Thrones, you know, yes. kind of wrapping up. So that, fin- was, that was right on, right on schedule. The finale. Do you have any predictions you'd like to make? I do. I do. I think, is, I, I think it'll end up with Jon Snow um, as kind of the, the hero as he's been all, all show. Okay. Um, and he will sit on the, on the Iron Throne okay. and he will be at odds and the villain will be... Danny. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think that's how it's going to end. Okay. I think that's, I think that, that is very plausible. Um, I don't know. I kind of don't care at this point. I just want to get there. But, um, yeah. I, I, uh, it, a weird part of me kind of wants Euron Greyjoy to win everything. That's funny. Just, just to piss everyone he's off. Good. <laughs> he, I, I, and honestly, and for me, he's kind of saving a lot of these, like, Last few of because he's just a total asshole and he's just it's, yeah he's good it, he he brings yeah he, they they almost need like a Ramsey in there at times just to yeah <laughs> just just to be the worst person ever yeah after tonight you know I mean I just want someone to kind of knock me out and wake me up uh, next Sunday yep so I can just uh, just yep. just get it over with uh, but 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 we'll see yeah should be exciting um, and and just real quickly before we go um, what would you say your two like favorite things about like being my brother are. Oh my god! Oh my god! I don't. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. We'll go. We'll go. We'll save it for the uh, next okay. next game. How All right. about that? All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, that is a wrap on episode one. Do not forget to download, subscribe, rate, review on all your favorite listening platforms, including Apple Podcasts. Follow on Twitter and IG at SportsPodHookup, where later this week I will be attending the 31st annual Fit and Follies Golf Outing. It is the world's greatest golf extravaganza, where essentially... About 50 to 70 middle-aged white guys meet somewhere in northern Michigan each year to play golf, take years off their lives, and avoid their families one weekend each year in May. Google it. There's a very charming website that divulges all the details. And I will be posting some pics on the gram each day from the trip, so be sure to look out for that. Our next episode at the latest will be in the U.S. Open for June. Any changes and plans I'll be posting on Twitter and IG until then. I am Bobby Adcock, and you are listening to Swipe Right Sports, your sports pod hookup.